This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Mills and Keynes Dons. Well, what a night last night was. Um, really, really good result away to Watford in the Cup. Of course, we're into the third round of the Carabao Cup for the first time in a while, actually. Um, and yeah, of course, there were 700 Dons fans there to see us do it. It was, uh, yeah, a really good day out, Ross. And um, I'm sure I think we're both suffering a bit from the previous day, but how are we? Yeah, really enjoyable night. Obviously, we talk about obviously days out, and I think obviously the the main away one. We haven't obviously been been given these big ties, and hopefully, obviously later on we we get that. But obviously, the last notable one was obviously QPR away, two times. Obviously, the one nil obviously being the most recent one. Obviously, a good day out, and I think last night's performance probably topped that in my eyes. And um, yeah, really enjoyable night, and um, let's hope we can kick on in the league now. Yeah, it was so enjoyable. Um, I ended up it's running late this evening actually, so unfortunately I'll be hearing Joe today, which is a real shame because I know he had a lot of good thoughts about um the past seven days. So if it's my fault, take my apologies. I'm not having Joe on the episode, but luckily for myself, um, me and Ross' time is a bit more flexible than Joe's is. So just to be the two of us this week, but obviously plenty to go through. Um, throughout the two games we've played and also the one coming up. Um. We do unfortunately have to start of Accrington at home in the league. And again, I hate to start the episode on a negative, but it, it was not very great, was it? I mean, luckily for me, I was a family for the whole day. So I thought I watched the whole game. But from what I've seen and what I've heard, it was it was very poor. Um, of course, 1-1 one, one result. Luckily for us, Ethan Robson knows how, to, knows how to put the ball back in the net. A pretty good finish past their keeper. Um and yeah, you know, the, the penalty, the penalty is what it is, and McConville sticks it away. But Ross, for me, I mean, obviously, I'll let you take away your general thoughts, but overall, it just felt like we had all the build up in some sense. We just didn't lack, or we, or we just lacked any cutting edge or final touch into the back of the net. Yeah, 100%. I think you nailed it there in terms of, I think most fans were walking away from that uh, performance very deflated. I know uh, myself, I was disappointed that we obviously. We played like we did. So first half we had real decent moments where um we got in some good chances. Obviously early on we we knew that Accrington um they're a good side. They're well drilled, obviously under Coleman, and um we had the warning sign early on, very early on when Cumming made that um outstanding save, and that was our warning sign. And I don't feel like we took that serious. And um yeah. As you say, Ethan Robson's goal, he's turned his man, beat his man, he's put that away, put like put that away very nicely. And you think we're you're gonna kick on from there. And I think Dennis had a very very key chance, um, where he, he went through one on one with the goalkeeper. Um 
and obviously, I know I, I bang on about Mo all the time. Like, if Mo gets that chance, he scores, and that's two nil, and we, we we run away with three points. But obviously, they're still in the game. It's just a one goal difference, and um, I think we can't argue with that um, penalty at all. I think there was no arguments from any of our players, and was new that he probably um, didn't get the ball. And for Conville, he had a few chances just before. Um, Making um coming, I, I believe it was first half actually, um, testing coming out and um he slots away the penalty, and I think overall if you obviously, um if we're looking at the stats we didn't create a hell of a lot either and um it was a really concerning um part and I guess it's all part and parcel of the football I think you obviously you got the low of obviously walking out that stadium and then obviously the high of yesterday and I think if obviously yesterday um kind of puts up our spirits obviously for Saturday and um let's hope we can see what we saw in terms of what we created yesterday and how easy we opened up Watford yesterday and um but yeah we can take it into Morecambe. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, we trust me we'll get on to Watford very shortly. Um I don't know Ross, I mean when you when you saw that that team on Saturday and you, know, you saw Johnson and Robson as two sitting midfielders and you saw the front three. Did did any of your did your mindset kind of say it was a bit too conservative or did you just think that we well, didn't realise till the game started that you know they weren't creating enough the front three and of course the team behind them? I can see where you're coming from, but in terms of I, I can understand why them two were were put in on the pitch in terms of both of them like the ball at the feet and they can control the possession, I'd say, that their characteristics are that. Um, so in terms of, obviously, possession of the ball and everything we wanted to do in that game, we I don't I don't feel, felt, feel like we'd done that in the second half. I felt like we were, we were going long far too often and we were playing into Accrington's hands. Obviously, we know what Accrington are like. They're quite a physical side and... Um, they don't mind taking the long ball. And obviously, there's loads of teams in this league which are happy to do that, sit back and punish you at the right time. And I just feel, yeah, you can you can put, um, point towards a formation and say this and that, but there's enough quality on that pitch to hurt that at Crinton's side. So obviously, just looking at that front three, obviously, at Grant, Dennis and Kemp, I, I do believe there's enough, enough in that front three uh, to score goals. And Kemp did have a really he's, he is getting better game by game, um. So obviously that's a positive in itself, but I just feel we, as I say, it's it's the warning signs which uh, concern me the most, in terms of if we just look just look at that that chance in the first how easy it was for them to cross the ball, and everyone was ball watching. That's what concerned me the most, and um, yeah, let's hope they learn from the mistakes, and um, yeah come back stronger I guess yeah and I suppose um, those chances were made and I think something that maybe the fan base chat a bit about um, not just this game but previous games has been about structure and I know we saw the return of Dan Harvey and Will Grigg for this game now I don't think that whilst we are leaning a bit into the Watford game here I feel that you know whilst we I think we're all, all rated Dan Harvey and also thought you know he's, he's a positive more than negative to the team I think seeing him back at technically left wing back um, for the first time since the end of last season um, I personally didn't realise how much of an impact he actually had on the team um, until he came back so of course seeing him for the 15 minutes um, against Accrington and of course now seeing him against Watford which we'll get onto after this point is uh, it's huge but not, not just him of course but also isn't it oh yeah 100% and I think especially in in this team um, obviously, we don't know what goes on in the change rooms and how vocal we, one another is, but we know Louis, he's not that type of person to shout at teammates. He he kind of just lets his football do the talking, in, in a sense, of, I've been through it all, I know what, what's what, and if he, if he needs to tell a man, he will, but he won't shout across the pitch saying this or this or this, kind of manning's job. So, as for Harvey, and I know, obviously, we're going to speak about Watford, but as soon as we score that second goal, if you look straight at Harvey, he was telling people just to keep their heads. And that maturity to go 2-0 up, I know he could get carried away and celebrate in front of the fans, but he was telling people, keep screwed on, know who your opposition are, 
and have a bit of respect for your opposition as well because of at the end of the day, yeah, they did make changes and we made changes, but they still could hurt us. The championship, obviously, ex-prem team, and um, they've got the quality to punish us. And I think what pleased me the most was obviously just mentioned about his maturity. And I think in their young side, you you need players to step up. Obviously, was took the took took the armband, and uh, he showed that also. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was one of the the many talking points in Watford away, which we'll, we'll get onto now. Uh, my first question to you was that. Was um, was Edge of Glory played in the car volley last night? And Joe, was it? Oh, uh, was it, it wasn't. We it was we, not. We kindly asked, but uh, <laughs> it, it got rejected. Oh, that is that <laughs> but is. But we were cool. stuck in a car park for about half an hour, forty five minutes. So, probably explained it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so I suppose it, we'll say it for Saturday instead. Then, um, well, hope, hopefully, it'll be a some, it'll be a nice journey back if so. <laughs> um. Yeah, it you know it was a it was a very good night yesterday. Um, of course, Don's beat Watford two 0 in the Carabao Cup to get to the third round. Um, really, really impressive performance for everyone. To be fair, I think everyone really battled for this one. Um, I think I think the numbers you put out by Dara Burns kind of highlight how well the team did. Um, obviously, some of the standouts had some like six tackles, interceptions overall, twelve ground duels he did. Um, and for that, if anyone's ever seen Dara Burns play, he's not the biggest lad in the world, so. The fact that he got stuck in like that is a um, real sign of the, where the team's heads at and how much of a Morris they wanted this result, really. Probably the biggest stop of the season by Country Mile. And yeah, I, I think overall, Liam Manning is really hoping for this result to kickstart the season, really, from what's been a pretty poor start so far. But in case you weren't at the game, um, I think that the first goal was basically a counter-attack. Uh, Darren, Bur- Darren Burns on the left-hand side of their box towards the end of the half. Drilled the ball in and bless Matt Dennis. He legs it half at the pitch, gave it to Dara, and then took it in and collided with the post and injured himself. But um, luckily, he was okay in the end. And yeah, he got his he got his first goal for the club. So well done to Matt. Um, went up one 0 at half time. Came out second half and again looked the better looked the better team. Were assertive on the ball. Um, really went for Watford's throw and um, yeah, we got we got a sort of killer punch. I thought through Dara Burns and Dawson Devoy. Uh, Dawson lays a direct edge of the box and from about I think it's edge of the edge of D basically drills it um, straight past their younger keeper. So that was 2 0. And after that, I think Watford had a few chances, but nothing really concrete. And um, yeah, I mean, really, really good performance from all the lads. And as Manning said, certainly there was, I think, five 19 year olds in that team. And the average age of the squad was like under 23. Um, Ross, a really immature performance overall. Yes, there was some, some signs of immaturity, but as I mentioned, when you're going to play five 19-year-olds, you're going to see signs of that. But overall, really, really pleasing performance. Oh, yeah. And I, th- I think you obviously nailed it in terms of, you say, you're going to have them highs and lows in games and it's just how you grind them, grind them out. And I think, obviously, you mentioned about their chances in terms of the second half. But what pleased me the most was we didn't sit back. We kept going at them. I think especially when you go to these big, bigger sides, especially in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup, um, it's key to hold your own. And I, I do feel for 90 minutes yesterday, we held our own more than enough. And um, obviously you mentioned about Burns and Devoy. You can always, obviously um, talk about them all day, but one player which um, stood out for me was Matt Smith. I think he didn't, didn't stop running all game. And I think if you've got a player that, that committed um, chasing dead end balls and I know obviously all the players were doing it but I was just looking at Smith um, he only gave the ball once in that midfield and um, yeah it's really pleasing to see that obviously we've we've made that cup upset if you want to call it that and um, let's just hope that um, these obviously Burns and Devoy, um they can come along now and start helping us in our season yeah, and I think we saw a lot of calls for both of them to be involved in league action moving forward. I mean, what I I'm not uh, I don't know where Manning's heads at regarding that because it's, it's a difficult spot now, isn't it? Where you know, arguably they were the two best players on the pitch. Dara definitely was, and I think Dawson was pretty close, if not there also. So two two, I think they're both nineteen nineteen year old lads to come onto the pitch and. Going to a championship team and absolutely paid them off the park. 
where do you reckon his head's at in terms of getting involved in the league? Do you, is, it, is it still the same? Is it very much, you know, his usual mantra of not too high, not too low? Or is it, does he influence it based off, you know, this is the kickstart to the season and these two lads have instigated it? Well, it's a bit of a strange one because obviously um, Burns is obviously younger than the boy by, I think it's two years. But Burns seems ahead of the process a bit more uh, in terms, obviously, I think, if I was to pick one person to go straight into the team on Saturday, it probably would be Burns, only because of, I think, um, we've got so many options that, in that midfield um, and it they are experienced. And I think Manning likes that experience in the midfield in terms of just having that calmness and not panicking when um, it's against going against us in terms of if we're a goal down or anything or if, if we're at a big stadium. So... I'd probably say Burns is slightly ahead in terms of obviously starting. But if we're talking about both of them starting a place, I probably would say Devoy is probably a cup game. Like there's another opportunity, I believe it's against Cheltenham and the Papa John's. I think that's another opportunity for him. And it's not it's not a, a bad thing to play 30 minutes in obviously um, at the end of each game in the league. It's just the fact that I think Devoy just needs time to get used to the physical aspect of it because of, I think, the intensity and I think there's a proper toughness about this league, at this league one. Um, and I think Devoy sometimes, he will struggle um, and he will get bossed a bit. Um, but who knows? I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what Manning would do, but if, if I was Manning, I probably would start Burns in, instead of Devoy. Yeah, I think... Um... I think after watching last night, we saw, a bit, we saw a bit of fight out of Burns that I think mm. will get him through those league games, whether it's 30 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people with Devoy, it's not even, I think it's not even what he does with the ball, it's about the ball also. I think he's just so technically advanced in terms of the midfielders he have in that squad. But as you said, it technically, we know everyone knew he'd be fantastic. I think. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, moving forward, maybe physically, he's, well, he's essentially sent to mid. It's such a difficult position to play. Is, and if he's not going to be that 10, which I think to be fair, I think like we saw him in the 10, uh, kind of, um, or being the more advanced of the team midfielders anyway in the formation yesterday. Um, yeah, I think it might take him a little bit longer to adjust to the position. And if if the roles are reversed and the boy was a winger, maybe, then maybe he'd get into the team quicker. But yeah, I, I do tend to agree that Dara has probably got more of a chance, especially considering the lack of creative spark at times we've had this season and how, as we've seen on Tuesday night, he can literally just go about his way and set up the first goal and score the second. Um, yeah, a very good performance from him and uh, he seemed pretty buzzing for himself after the game. So good to hear. Um, so much more we could talk about. I want to chat about the back three. Um, obviously, it was a back three of Oyegoke at right centre-back. Um, who all the time we've seen is right wing back, now he's right centre back for us in this game. Uh, was in the middle and Zach Jules at the centre back. Overall, how did you find the back three? Because we'll get into each individual player, but how did you find it overall? Really, really solid. I think um, when they got asked to come out and play, they came out and played. Um, when we they were asked, obviously have that calmness. Um, because obviously we knew Watford were going to come at us at one point. And then that second half, that they were trying to press us. Um, there was just a bit of calmness about them. And I think I think it all stems from Warren O'Hara, really. Um, obviously, you, took, you mentioned about obviously not highlighting individuals, but I think if the captain's setting an example, I think everyone goes off it in my eyes. And I think, obviously, Jules hasn't had many minutes, um, obviously, at, at the moment. For one reason or another, in terms of obviously Louis being in the lineup, um, I just feel I just feel that back line they didn't look out of place at all, and I think it's obviously it's the first time they've played together, and they look they look like they had played several games together yesterday, and yeah, it really impressed me. Yeah, I mean the one player who. I was most intrigued to see in that centre-back role. Um, I think I mentioned it on, to, on the pod account, it was Oyegoke. I just felt that as a wing-back, he's, he's not really wowed me. I think he's just a bit too 
I, I think I think I struggle to see him as a Manning fullback. I, I don't know. I don't think he fits the mould for me. Um, so him playing at centre back, I was kind of intrigued to see how he'd cope with it. And overall, yeah, he committed some fouls, but he was against you know some a pretty tricky left side of um, that Hungbo who but he had what it was one trick pony, but he did quite well and he definitely caused some issues. And um, of course, I think they're they're Bayo that that Bayo lad, they're nineteen, um, number nineteen for Watford, also on his side, and of course, there's some issues. So he's definitely targeted from the off, but I felt overall he was pretty solid. Um, whether will we actually play up position moving forward? Who knows? I think until Dan Harvey's up to full fitness, I'm quite surprised he got 60 minutes actually at the midweek. I thought he got way earlier than that, um, which is a good sign, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, Ross. What did you think of Ayagoke in that, that centre back role? I think, um, in obviously, we only can judge it from what we've seen in the opening games. I think he's better defensively than going forward. I think going forward, for some reason, he just doesn't look like doesn't look like he's comfortable beating his man. And I think, especially in that wing-back role, if we are playing three at the back, if you've got someone who is a bit hesitant, um, probably is the right word, uh, obviously not beating the man, it's kind of a negative in the situation because of it defeats the object of obviously playing wing-backs. But I think defensively, um, part, let's forget Ipswich because of Ipswich, the whole team played. Yeah, play. shocking. Um but if we forget Ipswich, I think defensively he's been reasonably sound. So it didn't surprise me yesterday that um, he was comfortable in that position. But in terms of just looking at the squad depth, obviously, if we if we class in Lawrence as that right wing back now, because he played that yet played there yesterday, obviously with Harvey being on the opposite side. If we're looking at Watson, if Watson when well when Watson comes back, um, they'll be fighting for them two places. Obviously. We saw how many games Harvey played last year. We know he's capable of it. If if there there is any chance of him getting in that back line, um, Ayokoke, sorry, um, I think it will be battling. Was I think obviously we know Tucker's probably going to fill in that main centre half, and obviously Louis like left centre half. I think that's probably the only position I can see him getting in, or if he rotates with Harvey, I think. It's a weird one. It's he's got to keep up his levels at the end of the day because of people are pushing him for places. Yeah. So if he yeah. doesn't keep if he doesn't keep him, he's gonna get dropped. And I do fear if he does get dropped, he won't get back in unless obviously his uh, replacement, who he gets replaced by, um, has a poor game as well. So it's interesting to see um obviously when Watson and that come back, how how it actually works. Because of obviously we've got so many options that in that back back line now, but for the time being, he looks more than comfortable. So um, you mentioned it briefly. So you do reckon Tucker and Louis will get straight back into the team on Saturday then? Uh, yeah, I I, I think Louis Louis. I think you can't when he's fit. I don't feel like you can drop him. I know people said he's had slightly a poor start to the season, but I feel with his experience and. Even when going forward, his his balls where he sprays in behind, I think it's such a key element to this side, and we saw that last year. Um, obviously, in the back end of the last year, last season, sorry. And I think, yeah, you just can't drop him. And then obviously Tucker, I think if you're paying the money we paid for him, obviously I think it was a tribunal fee. Um, I just feel what what what's the point of spending that sort of money on him if you're not going to play him? Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially regarding left hand side of the back three, were kind of like, well, if this unit has played so well um, against Watford, and whilst I didn't think Watford were particularly fantastic, you know, besides the point, they still they still kept a clean sheet against a championship team. Do you give them a chance in the league? Um, and obviously, you know, you say no for now. Um, it's an interesting one. I think I think I think people have been. I think it's a tough start for Jack Tucker in particular, and I think he does need this time to get into sort of, and he's been involved in many different formations, chats about all over the place. So it's a really unsettling start for him. But I it's hard to deny that Was 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 very, very good in that center, that central centre back role. So when we look at it from Jack's perspective in a back three, it's it's hard for him. I think he's I think he was the seven on the pitch for long. 
he was the most impacted last night out of everyone. Mm. I feel like his role was done pretty well by Was, and he's whilst he can play either side of the defence, I'm not sure of his role of that moving forward. So, but yeah, I, I think he's back to the team Saturday, but it's it's one to keep an eye on, especially if um, Was is the one that can't continuously starts in these cup games and you know, sort of leads from the back and really sorts the team out with Jamie and goal because if that if the level of performances keep up, then a Jack could be in trouble, is all I'll say. Um so we were gonna move on to Morgan, but Ross made a pretty good point regarding Will Grigg. Um obviously there was it came out after the game that basically the club were planning to play Grigg for like thirty to forty minutes. Uh they bring him off for Dennis. And as we know Grigg's come back from an injury so this is again building up his minutes. So he had the had about, I think he had about 20 against Action and 40 against Watford. So, you know, um maybe he starts against Accrington. Who knows? Maybe he gets 60 minutes. But um Ross, you mentioned why you mentioned to me anyway, why Greg didn't just end the game. I think I think Manning said something along the lines of it's better for him to have the warm-up and then start the game because it's better for his um overall recovery for it. But do you want to make your argument as to why maybe the last 30 minutes is better than the first 30? Well, Will, Will Grigg, the best Will Grigg we know is against, obviously, getting the ball in the box and obviously being the fox in the box, if you want to call it that. Um, the poachers finish. And I just feel the amount of opportunities we, we had on the edge of the box, well, we we got on the edge of the box, I just felt... Bear in mind, D- Dennis did not do a bad job. I'm not. I'm not slating anyone's performance here, but I just felt it would have made a bit more sense for him to end the game on 30 because of now Manning's got a dilemma in terms of obviously he's if if he does start Dennis, he's gonna be Greg's gonna be ending the 30. Well, I I assume he'd he'd play the last 30 of Morecambe, but yeah, it, it's a bit back to front if you ask me, but. Oh, yeah, I'm not complaining. We've just uh, knocked out <laughs> Watford in the cup, so I can't uh, can't be putting us down too much. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. I mean, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, where do you go from here now? Do you, do you have to start Greer against Morecambe to get his minutes further up? I mean, how how else does he do it? Surely you can't give him second half and then Dennis the first. It would make any sense. See what I mean? Yeah. So you, you can't drop a player who's just scored a goal. Who, who who could be potentially on on a run now? So we'll, we'll see. Well, I'm sure we've got. I'm sure we've got. That's one of our main dilemmas in terms of our lineups coming up for this Morecambe game. But we will. We've got a we've got opposition overview segment to get to now with uh, our usual Morecambe expert Dave Salmon. Um, he is currently on holiday in Greece, so please excuse if so the audio cuts out here here in a bit. It's not too bad, but there are some elements where it gets a bit patchy. So. Apologies on our end, but I hope you enjoy that segment with myself and Dave. Welcome back to the latest opposition overview where we look at MK Don's latest opponents in the league. Um, we've got the pleasure of going back to one of my favourite away days from last season in Morecambe. Of course, if anyone went to it last year, it was in a, it was in a snowstorm where it was a bit of a treacherous show to get up there, but it was happy memories. Of course, we won the 4-0. Um, Say to say, I'll be surprised if we do that again this season. But either way, we have our resident Morecambe expert, Dave, back onto the podcast, Cherifin Morecambe. So, Dave, how are you doing? Liam, thanks for having me back on, mate. Cheers. Of course, you're in Greece at the moment. Thanks for taking the time out of your holidays to join us on the call. How is Greece? Okay. It's very hot. It's very, a little bit cloudy today, but so yeah, it's very warm. So it's about what time we're recording this. It's about 10.30 at night here, and it's still about 30 degrees. So, yeah, it's lovely. Thanks. <laughs> I, I appreciate the commitment. Thank you very much for coming on. Okay, so... Obviously, this it's um it's an interesting start to the season for both of us. Um, maybe a bit more unexpected from our side of things, um, being in twenty second and Morgan being in twenty third. How has your start to the season been so far? I think it's been a, a mixed in in the sense that we haven't yet got a victory in our five league games. Our issue is scoring goals we've only scored twice in in those five games and frankly we haven't looked like scoring many more than than the two that we've scored we're much much tighter at the back which is brilliant because we conceded one of the best part of 90 goals last season and if we do that again this year we will almost certainly get relegated so we had to tighten it up at the back so 
but like the defensive third much better. The attacking third nowhere near as productive as what it was last season. So a bit of a mixed bag, really. We've drawn our two home league games. Draws in both of them, Shrewsbury and Fleetwood, probably about, about the right results. And uh, two defeats and a draw on the road defeats against Bolton and, and a very good Peterborough United side as well on the day. And then an excellent point last Saturday against Oxford. So uh, just the three points from our five games, but uh, it's always an upwards, I suppose, isn't it? But yeah, plenty to uh, plenty to be uh, working on, shall we say. Yeah, I think we can both relate to A, a lack of scoring goals and B, a lot to work on because um, we're in a very similar boat to you guys and the fact that we can't score goals and we can't seem to, apart from Fort Vale, uh, win a match. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's quite um, transparent the fact that we're both 22nd and 23rd in the league. Um, obviously, we, the mention of lacking the scoring goals might seem a bit strange to some MK fans considering you have uh, Cole Stockton in your team who... It's very much robbed not to be in the um, League One team of the year last year, let's be honest. I mean, the amount of goals he scored is ridiculous. Um, there's a lot of rumours about him potentially moving on. Um, of course, Fleet was a strong rumour. That obviously can't do not only the, your goal scoring, but the team as a whole, not, not a lot of good, to be honest, can it? Let's be honest. Absolutely not. We relied on Cole heavily for our goals last season. Some of Cole's goals were, I suppose, what you would call dead goals. They were consolation goals in defeat and, and so on and so forth. But a lot of his goals were point-scoring and, and point-winning goals. And we cannot afford to lose a player of that calibre and not successfully replace him. It, it, it's as simple as that. It's not scored this season either, which obviously hasn't helped. Um, and I think from... The point of view of him moving on, I think most Morecambe fans, if it had gone earlier in the window, every single Morecambe fan would have shook Cole by the hand and, and wished him all the best and thanked him for his goals to keep us in League One last season and no problem at all. But it's just the fact that how it's developed or how it's been perceived to have been developed over the last couple of weeks, it's uh, it's starting to leave a bit of a, a bit of a nasty taste in the mouth of, of, of some supporters. Um, what I can tell you is probably pretty much what you already know, really, what, what, what Derek Adams has, has, has said in the last couple of the post-match interviews, and that's we have a valuation of him. I don't know how much that valuation is. I would imagine it's around the half a million, £600,000 mark, something of that order. We know that there have been a couple of what they call derisory offers and, and members of the board have, have, have publicly said, yes, we've had a couple of really low offers, which we wouldn't even entertain. The rumour is about the £100,000, £150,000 mark, and there's no way we're going to sell him for that. He's under contract till the end of the season. We don't need to It all came to a head last week when he, on the morning of the game, um, phoned in sick in inverted commas. Now, we believe he's since produced a sick note from a doctor, so that's all fine. But that meant he missed the game against Fleetwood and then he missed the game against Bolton on the Tuesday night. He came off the bench at half-time against Oxford last Saturday. And I anticipate, unless there is movement in the next few days, he will be part of the matchday squad on Saturday. Now, now, now I've said that, of course, he, he'll be sold and, and announced that he's gone somewhere else in the morning, of course, as, as, it, as Sol's law goes. But he should be part of the squad. Is he unsettled? Undoubtedly. Will we sell him for the right price? Yes, of course we will. There's no, we are a selling club. We have to sell to, to, to survive. You know, it's all part of our business model. There's no problem with that either. Um, and so it's all a bit, a bit up in the air at the moment, Liam, to be honest. I, I wish he was settled. I wish he'd started the season on a roll like he has done last season, but he hasn't. And we are, well, up front, two goals in five league games. We are obviously suffering as a result. And we haven't got in the squad anybody like him who can score that volume of goals or or the hold-up play and everything else he brings to the team. Yeah, and I mean, looking at some of the other strike deals done in the striker market at the moment, I don't, I don't think the evaluation or the, rumor, or the rumored evaluation of what Morecambe are asking for is ridiculous at all, to be honest, especially for the amount of goals that Cole did score last season. You know, it's not like he's in his 30s. I mean, he's like 28 years old. So, um, 
Yes, I'm, I'm very surprised that the team has come forward just yet. Uh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure once the team gets quote-unquote desperate, they will pay that money for him. Um, but I think, you know, um, I am quite surprised that a team is willing to spend near enough a million pounds on Tyree Simpson and not spend 600k or 500k on Cole Stockton. But, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a head, of recruitment, head of recruitment or like a scout. So, you know, that's, that's my point on it all. Um, I really hope, I really hope, Liam, as, as, as far as Saturday goes, that, that he's in the squad and he switched on only scores, obviously. But uh, there's something, there's something awry. And hopefully he's, he's, he can still contribute in the couple of games that he might have left with us. But uh, we'll see an interesting couple of weeks ahead till the end of the window, for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Um, it's going to be, uh, hope it doesn't overcrowd the match too much. Um, but I'm sure it won't. I'm sure everyone will be looking forward to that one. Um Obviously, a few comments about Derek Adams. Um, what have you made of his side so far in general? Obviously, results haven't been amazing, but there's been a lot of turbulence at the moment regarding the club and what's happening with a star player. How are you found of him so far? Well, in terms of his recruitment, I think he's been hamstrung a little There's no doubt about that. Um, going back a, about a year or so, a lot of the, the members of the current squad were Stephen Robinson signings. They were signed on two-year contracts. And right back in February, when Derek Adams took over the club again, he made it quite clear that he didn't rate most of Stephen Robinson's signings. He made that very public. And he put most of them on the transfer list. Some of them have come good since. Ryan Delaney in defence, for example, has been an absolute revelation this season. One or two others are forcing their way back into the reckoning as well. Others have moved on. Others are still on the transfer list, not really anywhere near the first-team picture. In terms of how he's being received from the fans, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. And, and the reason for that is his style of play. Um, he makes no bones that, in his words, we have to do things a little bit differently if we're going to stay in League One, and I agree with that. The one criticism that some fans have of Derek is that he's over-defensive. And I think, as I alluded to there, we, we did concede 90 goals last season, so we do we do need to sort that out, of course, best we can. But it's not at the, at the expense of the top end of the field either. And the fact we've only scored those two goals in the five games says everything you need to know, I think, about uh, about our problems at the top end of the field. So, yeah, a bit, a bit of a mixed bag, but uh, is he still the right man for the job? Yeah, for me, absolutely. I think uh, I think those results will come a lot tighter at the back and uh, we just need that first win to, to hopefully kickstart our season. Yeah, you've had a pretty tough start to your league one season, to be fair. I mean, the two the two teams you'd probably say you pick, pick a point against in Shrewsbury and Fleetwood, you have done. And obviously you've got a point against Oxford also. So it's not been a bad start at all, really, for... Where your expectations are, and obviously with with no like focal point for striker really, um, you know, not a bad start at all, not a bad start at all. Um, okay, let's move on to team news. Obviously, you mentioned that Cole Stockton will likely, if he hasn't moved on already, be in the the match day squad. Is there any other sort of key uh, missions or additions that could come in, come out? Well, our team in general, Liam, is very different to the team that played you last season. Um, certainly our, our key players are obviously our Cole if he plays. Ash Hunter as well would have been a player, but he's, he's injured. He, he hobbled, hobbled off after about five minutes on Saturday. Got some kind of hamstring muscle pull, so I think he will be missing. We're also missing Max Melbourne, who was signed to play left-back come left-wing back. So he is out as well. So we will be playing a back three, a back five, I would imagine. We've got a new goalkeeper, Connor Ripley from Preston. He's he's looked pretty solid, actually. Made a bit of a, a, a couple of goals he conceded against Peterborough. He'll be a bit disappointed about not out and out howlers, but could have done better. But since then, he's he's grown in confidence and he looks fantastic. And he's actually leading the save charts in League One at the moment. Um, it will be uh, Ryan Delaney, uh, Farron Rawson, who we signed from Mansfield in the summer, and Jacob Badeau, who we signed on a permanent deal from Burnley. That'll be the back three. Uh, Donald Love signed from uh, Salford. He'll be right wing back. Liam Gibson on the left. And then the midfield, quite, uh, well, it's going to be a bit more dynamic than, than what it has been. Without Ash Hunter, Usman Fain probably as the as, as the brick wall, as the midfield anchorman. And then um, obviously Arthur Nahua. Um, he's a bit of a mercurial talent. He'll just sort of drift in and out and, and, and wide. 
And then I would imagine if Cole doesn't start, it will probably be Jonathan Abika, uh, yet to get off the mark. He was one of Stephen Robinson's marquee signings. He's played in Cole's absence, but hasn't really looked like finding the back of the net. So hopefully Saturday is going to be the time to to break his duck, really. But uh, yeah, a, a vastly different team to the side that uh, played you guys last season. Yeah, it's also worth noting that the the system that both teams play are we fairly similar also and. No, well, I think there'll be one more city midfielder for um more could there might be for Don's. However, you know, it's that's a very, very mobile system that more can run. So pretty similar setups. So uh, one last thing before I let you enjoy your holiday in Greece a bit more, Dave. Um, what do you reckon the score prediction will be? You know, it's by sounds of it, it's two teams in very similar positions, not scoring many goals, but you know, you've got home advantage. Do you reckon that gives you the edge? We've, we drew out our first two home games. We had a pretty decent home record last season, actually. We, I think it was our home form that absolutely kept us up. We only won three times away from home all season. So our uh, form, the Mizzou, is significantly better than, than away. Uh, it, it's scoring those goals only. And for me, I, I think if Cole is either not in the squad or his head's not on it, we haven't got Ash Hunter, who's our main creator. He'll, he'll be out as well. So you wonder where the goals are going to come from apart from that. I think we'll keep it tight at the back. I think there's no question about that. I think uh, the defence has, has been an absolute revelation so far this season. The game itself will be very attritional. I think you will have all of the ball. You'll have 65 70% possession. It's what you do with it that counts, though. If you can break us down, you might be in business. I think we'll, we'll sit back the low block, the classic Adams ball, if you like. We'll try and hit you on the break. Not with with, with a lot of chances, but hopefully with quality chances and we can put one of them away. But as we've seen in the twice where we've taken the lead this season, we've gone one the up and then we've sat right back and, and invited the pressure and, and obviously both times it didn't didn't pay off. So I think an attritional game, I don't think it'll be a spectacular game to watch necessarily, but uh, let's go for a one-all draw. Yeah, I very much agree with you. It's a very close game. And, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it becomes top. If anyone at all, it could be nice. It could be nice that 1 1 draw and both teams go away with something from the game. Um, Dave, once again, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast to give your thoughts on Morecambe. Um, and yeah, all the best the rest of the season, of course, apart from Saturday. Thanks once again to Dave for coming to the podcast. And I hope he enjoys his holiday, the rest of it anyway, in Greece. Um, he will not be there on Saturday. Um, us three, including Joe, will be uh, challenge to Morgan once again this season. Ross, what are your what are your immediate thoughts on this game Saturday after that performance at Watford? Yeah, we were, obviously we went up there last year and uh, the snowstorm. It, yeah, it was it was it was an eventful drive. Well, we got re- rewarded with the result, didn't we? Uh, yeah, lovely game, four 0 Yeah, four one. It was one of our best performances of the season. Um, so it was definitely worth it. So I'm hoping a bit more. Easier of drive um, <laughs> this time out. But we know what you're going to get with Morecambe. As I said earlier, they're quite a physical team and they're going to make it hard. Um, and I think with a Derek Adams side, you know, you know you're never going to get an easy game. And uh, he do, his teams don't score a lot of goals. Um, and I think I do feel with without Cole Stockton, especially, obviously being outside um, due to illness they called it I think I think last time out but I think deep down we know it's it's obviously transfer speculation and it's injury now as well as an illness oh injury so. okay, <laughs> okay. Um, obviously we know he, he scored the majority of their goals last year and I feel obviously losing him I, I do feel like it's, it probably will be a low scoring game um, but they they had a positive result against Rotherham in the cup as well, so it'll be interesting to see two teams come coming off to a decent result um, against two teams who, arguably on paper, you, you say they 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 don't beat, but obviously Morecambe have failed to to win their last eight matches, um, so for on looking on form, obviously we're slightly the better side, but we we haven't scored on a lot. Well, obviously prior to um, Prior to um, Watford, we haven't scored in the last three away matches. So be interesting to see how, how this does come out. And I think it will go a similar way to Accrington in terms of um, there w- it won't be high scoring, but it will be 
I do believe it'll be one or two goals separating the sides. I'm going to go one nil Dons. Obviously, I don't like saying we're going to lose. Um, and I'm going to say Will Grigg. He's going to come off the break oh. bench and um, silence me. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I said that is karma. Um, but yeah, one one nil on the road, and let's hope we can um, get going in, on the season now. Yeah, I think um, I think us two as teams have really started. I've had identical starts really this season. I, I just feel that we've obviously had like a couple upset now. With obviously we've won a game unlike Morecambe, but you know got my got my points this ultimately. And yeah, just just both start of the season pretty poor. And I think we're kind of hoping this this cup upset will kickstart our campaign moving forward. Um, obviously Morecambe know that they're probably not going to be challenging for um promotion or anything like that but they do expect to stay up and I think as you mentioned you know their their defensive solidity um would hopefully do that for them um and yeah I assume, I'm sure they want to wrap up this Stockton deal as soon as possible but it's proving a bit more difficult than maybe they thought it was um but yeah interesting at 1-0 um we'll score predictions first this time around so myself uh, and Joe have got 1-1 um <laughs> I remember that I can't remember when it's that Morgan podcast being as negative as I did. To be fair, but I just I don't know. This one's a weird one for me. I, I really hope that the cup performance sort of elevates us more forward and gets us to three points. But I just feel that with it's just a bit of a this is a bit of a what's the word like a, a cover up of the league start so far. And it's of course it's great to go to Watford and win a game, but. Bread and butter is the league, and I'm I'm not sure that I think it might take a bit longer than people think in terms of getting results in the league. Um, as we know, League One is is not an easy league at all. And um, whilst we've had none of the best teams to play at the start of the season, maybe besides Accrington and Port Vale, um, more coming no pushovers spot of the eye in the league, and they're going to give us a really tough game, especially so many jungle lads who probably aren't used to physicality yet. Hence why, um, we maybe don't think Dawson will get two minutes in this game because he's not ready for it yet. Um, but yeah, it's a tough game, so I can kind of see why myself and Joe both got one one. But hey, I hope that we'll be wrong and get three points, it'd be fantastic, and you know, get us back at that league table. So, Ross, uh, fi- well, final and foremost, I say sorry. Um, I've I've predicted lineups. Um, I've got Joe's in front of me, so I'll run through that first. So, he has probably unpredictably gone Jamie Kevin in goal. Uh, his back five um, is actually fairly line with us, actually. He's gone with Henry Lawrence at right wing back. He's gone Warren O'Hora on the right side, Jack Tucker in the middle, come back instead of starting 11, uh, as does Dean Lewington on the left-hand side with Dan Harvey making another start in the, well, his first start of the league this season at left wing back. In field two, he's gone with Ethan Robson and Matt Smith for no Bradley Johnson. And in the front three, he's gone with Dara Burns, starting after his fantastic performance against Watford, Louis Barry and Matt Dennis have to score his first goal of the season. So I'm pretty confident that's it's fairly similar to us. I'm pretty sure we've both got one change. Do you want to say what it changes? Uh, Bradley Johnson. I think uh, Matt Smith, he, he played, a bl- played obviously a blinder, as I mentioned earlier, but he played 90 minutes, uh, obviously. I think Manning will try and keep this this lineup as fresh as possible in terms of I think we all knew we'd rather three points than the cup upset. Um that's from, that's my personal opinion. I'm sure obviously Liam you'd you'd agree. 100%. Um yeah. and I think obviously Bradley Johnson um we talked about his experience. I think it will be needed in this game sort of game. So I I do feel obviously he'll go alongside Robson. But my other, my other change compared to Joe's lineup was Connor Grant instead okay. of Daryl Burns. I just feel for some reason um, Daryl Burns. Yes, it, it was great to see the way he played, and yes, you could argue he, he's he's on form or he's got a goal and his confidence will be up. But I feel Connor Grant. We saw especially against Accrington. Um, in my eyes, I think he was probably the one of the better players in the pitch. Um, He'll be, he likes to create something out of nothing, and I, I do believe that Conor Grant will, will start. 
Interesting. I mean, I think for me, I don't see how he can drop down after that performance. It, it, it would, I'll tell you what, it would take, it'd be a better man than me to drop him. I, I, I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. I, I could see him coming in for Barry. I, I think Barry's still getting there a bit. I think he's, you know, he's um takes a lot of talent there and a lot of energy. And He's only 19 as and well. Yeah, exactly. You know, second, I think it's second loan, only 19. So he's young, but, you know, <sighs> dropping Dara is harsh. I can get your reasoning, but it's still so harsh. Um, and yeah, Bradley Johnson. Um, I think some people disagree with that prediction of him playing. I just think it happens. <laughs> um, it's and this, and I think we've seen the best version of Bradley Johnson for several games now. And it's up to him really to just keep playing like that and being in terms of being a physical centre mid who could hopefully be. Doesn't need to be to be creative, but just keep the ball ticking and he needs not... to be the still of that midfield and yeah, yeah. As you say intercept the ball when we need to intercept the ball. And I think uh, especially against Ipswich, we saw he was getting overrun in that midfield. And I think if if he keeps getting overrun, obviously I know Morecambe, they're not going to be going obviously at us all the time, but they're going to take the chances at the end of the day if they do get a big chance. And um, yeah, let's hope Bradley Johnson uh, keep up the good performances. Yeah, I think progressively him and him Robson can can do enough in this game. Um and if I'm sure if they don't, they'll be hooked off straight away. So yeah, yeah there's that. So yeah, it will be mixed. There'll be some changes, one hundred percent. That 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 team definitely played against Watford definitely won't play against Morecambe, but um listen, Manning's recruited those players for a reason, as we've said, and they're going to play in the league games and if trust me, if they don't perform, they will lose their league place to one of the lads who ultimately more hungry than them and want to be in that team because uh as I mentioned some of the players um who are in our starting lineup are very much hanging about a loose thread at the moment and you know that's that's just the nature of a competitive team and I don't think we're used to that sometimes with his Don's squads over the years have kind of been relying on players who haven't been as good as previous whereas now we've actually got a decent squad who can actually compete. So yes it's nice times and uh, it's nice changes also. Okay, that brings us quite nicely to the end of the episode. Um, once again, fantastic support at Watford. Well done to everyone that came down. I'm sure you all enjoyed your night. Hopefully, you can join us for the next couple of away games at Morecambe and Exeter. And, of course, the home games coming up also in the league uh, and also the cup competitions. But uh, until then, come on, you dons. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.